If you're good at something, never do it for free. Typhoon, y'all know me, and I'm coming up, just wait and see. If you're good at something, never do it for free. But if you're great at something, would you still agree? Typhoon, y'all know me, and I'm coming up, just wait and see. If you're good at something, never do it for free. But if you're great at something, hey everyone, welcome back to part two of season preview bonanza draft nba with andrew ramondi for the western conference andrew thanks for coming back and not ditching me after part one so that would have been very funny had i just been like all right man you you can take this one so uh yeah i know i and just me talking to myself for <laughs> about an hour and a half that would have been Fairly interesting exercise for me to have done, but I'm glad to have uh, had you on the second pa- uh, second part of the Western Conference. Um, and how do we, I mean, just general thoughts before we really get into yeah. the we- like our picks. Do you feel like what the Western Conference is a little bit more, it, it just feels a lot more competitive. Maybe yeah. not... Maybe not the finals threat of like yeah. of Milwaukee or um, Brooklyn, yeah. But it just seems very competitive, and there could probably there's probably more variability in our. No, picks you're right. I, I I was talking to you. I was talking to you, um, b- uh, like between the between our little tapings here and saying that like I felt like the West was more straightforward, and you were kind of like really, and I think you were right in that like. Whereas the East had a very defi- has, I has kind of defined tiers. The West has kind of a more amorphous sort of. There are tiers like the Lakers are obviously better than the Warriors and the Trailblazers, but like, you know, it's a little bit more. Though therein, the things can kind of shift in an interesting way, um, and I agree that it's more competitive. Um. Although once you get past like the play-in range, I think it's about the about same. similar to to the East. But um, there's definitely more if you look at just the over/under totals as prescribed by uh, name your favorite sports book. They're a little bit more compacted, um, and I, I so I think that kind of reflects what you're that what you're saying is true. Um, I'll I'll throw a question back at you. You know, we saw teams like the. We yeah. Let's just get into it. Who oh, cares? Okay. Let, let's well, get let's into talk. It. How about this? You have the first pick. Yeah. You have the per first pick. Um, I had the first pick in the East. I chose the Brooklyn Nets. You have the first pick in the West. The Utah Jazz were at the top of the Western Conference last year. Are you taking them with the and they are tied with the Lakers in win the win totals I have. Did you even give a thought to taking them at the number one pick? I did. Okay. Very strongly so. And did you take them? I did not take them because (laughs) I didn't have the balls to take them, and I took the Lakers. Okay. uh, Number one. Uh, This is – it's just a safe pick, honestly. Yeah. Um, It's it's banking a lot on LeBron. And and we've talked about this Lakers team last podcast because of the addition of Westbrook, and we've rehashed – well, we basically talked about everything Westbrook and what does that bring to this team, and I don't want to really rehash it on yeah, this. I think that's uh, fair. Preview in terms of like what he can bring, but 
there's a lot of other guys on this team that are older, and we're not exactly sure, like, what we, – like, we, we don't really know what we can expect from those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the guys like KCP and Kuzma that are on the Wizards now who got traded for Westbrook – um, not that Kuzma was such a key player, but KCP was in the rotation last year. So I'm not exactly sure what to expect for some like for some of the the rotation players once maybe let's say LeBron is out and sitting out and A D is sitting out and having uh load management type of um games where they take off. So I don't know, like, what this rotation is going to be with Vogel. Yeah. Like, is it going to be, like, who, like, is it Horton Tucker and Carmelo starting along with the, th- the three that we're thinking of? Is it going to be something like Malik Monk and Kent Bazemore in there? I, I, I don't really know, like, I don't even think the Lakers even know what their best lineup is. And defensively, I think... Vogel's probably going to be trying to implement a lot of those things early on in the season to try to take hold. And they have a lot of new guys. Obviously, LeBron, AD are the the guys that are the most important, and they're the vets that have been there for a couple seasons now. But you're still integrating someone like DeAndre Jordan, Carmelo Anthony, and like Kendrick Nunn, who you actually liked and really wanted the Portland Blazers to sign. So, I, with all that being said, I still pick them number one, and they're zero and five in the preseason. Not that that mu- that matters that sure. much, but I I do I, I'm a little concerned about maybe defensively what this team can be and what the off nights may look like with LeBron not on the floor. But that's why you probably brought in. Ru- that's all being said. With all that being yes. said, that's why you brought in. Russell exactly. Westbrook. I was going to say on the Westbrook thing. I think think we did discuss it at length, and there's not like that much of a reason to rehash those things. But the point from that that I will bring back is like all the concerns I had with the Russell Westbrook acquisition mostly take place in the playoffs. And I think a lot of the things you're saying, like, while they are concerns that make sense, are they really going to impact? Like, at the end of the day, they're going to have enough talent in Anthony Davis and LeBron James, or even just one of them, if one of them has to sit, where they're going to be able to win games night to night. I actually think the early... You're correct on the Ross. I think they'll probably start Dwight Howard or a true center. I mean, that's been their M.O. over the years, right? Right. Like, I think so it'll be start. more about closing. I think the closing lineup thing is something that will be interesting to try and keep track. You know, in that first, like, primetime NBA game, if it's close, like, looking at who closes will be, I think, fairly fascinating. Another thing that could happen is, are there maybe some struggles early on with integrating Westbrook? A little bit of a my turn, your turn thing that goes on with him and LeBron is definitely a question. But I agree with you that overall they are going to have more than enough. They're just going to have so much. They're just so overwhelming in terms of their talent that um, and you know, with the L.A. Clippers not having Kawhi Leonard probably this whole year, they're, they are by far the safest bet, and I would have taken them first as well. Yeah, and I think regular season, this conversation is not as exciting as what 
like the minutia of what we would be breaking down in the of playoffs. Course. Of course. Um, in terms of playoff rotations of and how those get shortened, yeah. who's in the rotation, who's out, what does Westbrook look like? I mean, those questions can all be saved when we eventually talk about the playoffs, like, you know, very far down the line. But there are cer- some, like, interesting questions like that closing lineup question which is going to be far more important yeah it, it just feels like they'll go small ball yeah with davis at the five of course yeah and then lebron but there's still the question of who were the other wings so lebron davis um i, th- I think horton tucker might be you in think there. so that'll be interesting i think i think it it'll be if int- it's horton tucker though you're really missing the kcp type wing and d guy Hoping for Wayne Ellington. Ellington. No, I think Ellington is possible. Some Bazemore? people might say, oh, no, I don't think it's Bazemore. No. As having watched him on the Blazers, I don't think it. Ariza's already banged up, so I, I don't I don't think it's Carmelo Anthony. I'll say that. And by the way, I have come to really love Carmelo Anthony. And he was actually like shooting poorly in a preseason game and getting dragged on Twitter. And I was just like, I've reached the point where I'm like, come on, don't do that to Melo. Like, whereas yeah. I would have been probably loving it had he never been on the Blazers. Um, Malik Monk? Could be. I think Malik Monk is the NBA hipster choice for sure. It'll be fascinating to play out. And the good thing is, none of those names are super bad. If you're a Laker fan, you know, so like, I, you know, but it, it will be very interesting to see. Well, that's what I'm, that's kind of and what And the load I'm, management, which you alluded to also. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. It's like, they need one of Wayne Ellington, Kent Bazemore, Malik Monk to really end up yeah. playing well for them yeah. in the play- once playoff season comes yeah. around. And, like, those three are probably going to get rotated around during the regular season. All right, we'll see who ends up. Like, and, you know, Alex Caruso played really, really well with LeBron James and was kind of playing like a point, a pseudo point guard role in a lot of uh, a lot of minutes with, with that team also. So he's Kendrick Nunn, a guy who replaces that probably. I don't yeah. know why I answered my own question. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's it's – I think there's a lot of moving pieces that yeah. hopefully they're able to s- settle very quickly for my sake, yeah. choosing them first. So early real on. quick, the downside here, I think injury is one thing. LeBron, if a guy like yeah. LeBron or Davis even really goes down for extended periods of times, the flaws with the Westbrook model, I think, become Accentuated. more. Yes, exactly. The cracks sort of get bigger and bigger. Um, and then the integration questions with with Westbrook also also loom. But I would have taken like once again I would have taken them first totally. Right, and I don't think we have to belabor the point too much longer. Um, and we could probably address a lot of the questions. Once, I think if once we continue to do like the reason I apologize if I was pushing past it a little bit, but I also think if we continue to podcast throughout the re- regular season, the Lakers will be one of the most discussed team you Agreed. would think in the league, other than probably the Nets. So I I think it's fair. Are the Lakers, if you were, are the Lakers, um, are they're clearly, I guess, the number two championship team? 
behind the Brooklyn Nets. Do we mutually agree on that? Are the Bucks possibly like slightly above them just in the overall? Like, do we believe that whoever comes? Do we believe that whoever comes out of the East is a favorite over the Lakers? I don't know. Can we have like a one minute thing I, I on c- that? I kind of like I, the Bucks. Yeah, a little bit better. I think just I do too. I don't know why. I don't. Well, it's because they proved it last yeah. year. Even though like injuries depleted this Lakers team and like ravaged a lot of other teams last uh, playoff season. I do think the Bucks kind of have the upper hand on on the Lakers. But out of the West, like, it's weird. I like the Lakers in the regular season, but I do think there's some other teams in the West that might have, like, even the Suns maybe, like, well, like since they s- showed it. Buddy, this is a great transition. I'm taking the Suns number two. Ooh, okay. I said I wasn't doing as many zags, but I don't think this is a massive zag. The Jazz, who I would take, well, I shouldn't say what I would take them, or I'm the Jazz who I just asked you about taking number one, so obviously we both think they're sort of near the top of the pack, or only at 52.5 wins over under. The Lakers are there. The Suns line has been set at 51.5. I would guess they'll actually be a trendy under, but my angle here is like, I actually think the Suns are really going to go. F- like, I think they're going to go for it this year. I think the, you know, obviously Chris Paul is only getting uh, like to sort of start myself off with the with the possible negative. Chris Paul is only getting under. Oh, Jesus, older. Um. But I, I just have this feeling that the Suns really did kind of gain a great sense throughout the playoffs of what their identity is, sort of what their strengths are. And they brought everybody back, basically, with, with there may be a couple exceptions, but I can't think of really any off the top of my head. Obviously, uh, talks about Deon, the fact that DeAndre, DeAndre and then Michael Bridges are going to have to get... Um, extended down the line is is something people have talked about but I think this core is extremely solid and I think they're going to be better after a year of playing together and that's sort of sort of my my general take here what do you think about that no I I agree with that um I think I was probably gonna I was all like I think I was also thinking about them take taking them number one Mm -hmm. too um my concern is I think Chris Paul might just take too many games off yeah. during the That's during fair. the regular season. That's and fair. To me, it's more of like a Chris Paul bet, if that makes sense. Yeah. Or, uh, if Chris Paul plays 70 games, which I don't know if he's going to play even that many, mm-hmm. then I like the pick a lot better yeah. at number one. Yeah. But if he's playing 60 to 65 I'm not exactly sure if I like it as okay. much. Can I give my brief? I'm not even sure if I believe it, but my possible devil's argument slash real argument response sure. to that. All of these teams, save for maybe Utah, which would this would augur taking Utah number one, actually. Right. Like the Lakers are going to deal with load management and injury to some extent. The Suns are going to deal with load management and injury. And uh like the the thing I'm, I feel better about games where Devin Booker has to go out and be the guy now compared to where I was two years two ago. Years ago. Yeah. Especially after that final series where there were games where he was like, "Fuck it, I'm the man." You know what I mean? And I was never big on that Derek. Well, oh, fucking 
that, that Devin Booker Mamba mentality kind of bullshit. But I believe it more now, at least, and, like, is he really going to... Chris Paul's out, and they're in, you know, Miami, whatever, and Miami is the best place to <laughs> say. And they're in Dallas, you know, playing a game. Is he really going to go in there? You know what I mean? Like, can the he do I believe a, a Suns team without Chris Paul can go in there and win that game? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel a little... I feel... I agree with you that that's a concern for sure, um, but I feel better about them floating uh, in those uh, by in those games than I did then. It's kind of a Bucks like thing too, where like their supporting cast has shown so much. Your Aitons, your Bridges, um, guys like uh, yeah, uh, Payne as well really showed a lot in the playoffs and has proven himself to be an adept, adept kind of backup point guard. You know, like they ha- like I think they. You know, and especially Monty Williams is going to kind of have that team in ship shape night to night. And I think that, like, yeah, like, I just don't see them. I don't, I guess, because the argument would be, like, is it the Heat, like, hangover? The Heat didn't have guys like Chris Paul. I mean, with all due respect to Jimmy Butler, they didn't have a guy like Chris Paul at the helm. And I think they're going to be fairly locked in. Yeah. So they have Shamit, too. They added JaVale McGee. Um, as a backup center, which I think is somewhat underrated because I think in the finals they were really missing someone like that yeah. to guard. Like, Aiton was guarding Giannis, and he got, he got in a lot of foul trouble during that series. So even during the playoffs, like, whatever you want to think about JaVale McGee, like, that's whatever, six in the, fouls In or the whatever. words of – yeah, keep going, keep going. I'm sorry. Um, and then uh, your guy, Maryland's own – uh, sticks. sticks. Maybe we see sticks in, we the, see uh, a in little, the rotation. Do we see a little bit more of him? This, I hope so. This season. I hope uh, so. Lotto, lottery pick. So, in the words of our old uh, crim professor Kip Cornwell, can we have a moment on DeAndre? And can we just check in, like mm. where we think he fits in the realm mm. of the NBA center ar- hierarchy, his ceiling, stuff like that? I'm just interested in what you what you potentially think. Does this go back to my argument about how s- how m- how much centers can be? Like how yeah. how important centers can yeah, be I think it in does. this NBA. And that's ulti- like I think in the biggest stage Aiden proved that you can put him on in the finals and he can somewhat hold his own against anyone but Giannis basically. Right, right. Yeah. Whereas like he He's not going to be played off the floor, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, if any, if last year proved anything, he proved at least that. Now, hopefully, he can pr- be a little bit more consistent this year and just be able to score the ball a little bit more. And I and I don't know if they're going to go to him necessarily a lot more. Well, maybe another manner. argument for like those Chris Paul potentially absent games. Maybe he's more equipped to step up in those situations now. Right. But is there it's like looking at who they could have drafted after Aiton, is that one of those like, oh, uh, wish we had some of those? No, of course. Of course it is. But they acquitted themselves better than say the Kings, like or whatever. It's looking sure. better. I was highly skeptical of that pick and he's shown something. Could he ever be an all star? 
Like, don't I think it would be like in a situation where like if the Suns got off to a blazing but um start uh, <laughs> a fiery start. Like if they were like had an Atlanta Hawks type season and they like just had three all stars, I think he could make it. It's but it, I think it's possible, but then I think he would have to take a step up defensively. Yes, good point. And, also. and I think that I think that's where maybe he can grow a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, to prove that to prove his value at that position where centers need like the modern day center is very different than what he is pretty, you know, like what he, his skills are good at. Yeah. So that's that's where I think it becomes questionable if he wants to make that commitment to, towards the defensive end of things. But I guess we can move on to pick number three. Okay. And for me, I think for me, pick number three was fairly easy. Um I chose the Jazz. Um, and the reason being, when looking at all the... It was more like a process of elimination on the other teams. Denver, no Jamal Murray. Yeah. LA, the Clippers, no Kawhi. Um, Dallas, who I was having a major flirtation with because of my guy, Luca. It's just Luca, and I don't really know who else is there. Yeah. Like, who else I can depend on. So that's where I kind of go into Utah mode, where it's like they bring everyone back, and they have so many solid players on this team. And I don't want to just, like, read their roster, but I'm about to do it <laughs> right now. Because, like, like, which of these guys isn't, like, an NBA player? Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Bojan Bogdanovic. Royce O'Neal, Rudy Gobert, Jordan Clarkson, who's proven himself now, Joe Ingles, Rudy Gay, who's somewhat of a, he's like a decent vet. Yeah. Hassan White. Now it gets dicey. Yeah, but we're at guy 10, 10, basically. Guy 10. Eric, I didn't even mention Eric Pascal, who's kind of, who is fairly decent Mm, for. I'm kind of. No? No, I'm, no, I'm happy. I'm excited. Okay. I'm kind of, I'm kind of liking, like, I'm like, am I, did I. Make a mistake, possibly. Oh, okay. So, when I read that roster, they go this solidly 10, yeah. 11 deep. And I would be fair. Like, Hassan Whiteside getting 10, 15 minutes, I'm okay with. Um, oh, of course. Yeah. You know, spelling Rudy Gobert. Now, this is a totally different conversation that we're going to be having come playoff time because they have to come they have to prove it but I'm expecting step up from Donovan Mitchell does he take the step where it's like MVP candidate type of step or is that too unrealistic yeah I'm not not buying it I'm that you had me in that (laughs) Eric Paschal being good at, at basketball yes Donovan Mitchell MVP candidate Step too far. A, a bridge too far for me right now. Okay. So, th- I think the reasoning behind why I chose them third and why I'm very comfortable choosing them third is because it's like that it goes back to the process of elimination thing. And, yeah. like, they have so many interchangeable, like, wing guys yes. that I really enjoy. Like, Joe Ingles coming off the bench for them, that's kind of cool. Like, 
he was he he did his like point guard like backup point yeah. guard type of thing. Jordan Clarkson as his just a pure scorer off yes. the bench. He found his role, and I think what I like about this team kind of goes back to what I liked about Atlanta last year um, when they were flying under the radar with all these players fitting together. Yeah, and. This is that was what we really liked last year from this team too. Like, oh, I like a lot of these guys. Hopefully, they're able to figure it out. And they were the number one seed last year. Yeah. Well, I will say a couple things that people have pointed out that the Jazz were able to stay almost, almost otherworldly healthy last year. I think Mitchell missed maybe like twenty games at some point. But no other major guy, and then obviously Conley got kind of banged up near Towards the end. end yeah. Yes, but um, they were able to stay fairly, like, like, especially in a year where a lot of teams were dealing with shit. They were able to kind of stay healthy, and people wondered if that propelled them. And I think they also had a lot of shooting luck last year. Um, that so some things probably have to come down to earth. But I think you made an extraordinarily compelling case. Especially that they can handle. I think the one guy they maybe can handle an injury to is Mitchell, mm-hmm. but or maybe even Gobert. It would be interesting to see like if they had to make do without Gobert for like twenty games, how that would go. Would be a kind of fascinating experiment for a number of reasons. Yeah, and I think if Gobert were to miss miss an extended period of time, I think you might actually see like people be like, "Wow, Rudy Gobert is." Yeah, really that's why I think. Yeah, that's why I think it would it would be in, like how it would change kind of their whole functioning would would be interesting. Um, but I think you made a very compelling argument for them, and I would have. T- I think they're the clear number three as well. I just like to ask you one question before we move on. Sure. What do you think Jordan Clarkson does like on his typical night out in in Utah? Utah yeah, oh, in no. Salt Lake City. Like, do you think he even does, or do you think he's like, I'll just save the save my points for when I'm on the road in like a definitely good city? Sa- like, definitely going on the road. Like, is there a club in Utah? Can't imagine there being anything in Salt Lake City. Yeah. Uh, like, doesn't Salt Lake City? I know this is like border. Is this borderline like? Like, yeah. 11? Like, I, isn't there a thing like they used to have to in Salt Lake City, like make the drinks behind like. I think there are things called. I'm gonna look this up real quick. I'm going off the, but we haven't gone too off the rails. Nope, not yet. I believe they're called Zion curtains. Hold on. A little Zion bit. curtains. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, Zion curtains were partitions unique to Utah restaurants that separate restaurant bartenders preparing alcoholic drinks from the customers who order them. Um. So they were made of like you weren't allowed to see. You know, they were mandated in hopes of combating excessive drinking by keeping alcohol out of sight of restaurant patrons who chose not to consume alcohol. So when do you think that was gotten rid of? Like, when they did get rid of that eventually. When do you think they got rid of it? Like, 1970? 2017. No way. So, there you go. Okay. So, that, that, I think, gives good insight into what Jordan Clarkson's... Social options. He is definitely um, definitely saving his uh, yeah. Just like hey guys, I'll be good when we're at home. Miami, all bets are off. Yeah, Uh, totally could see that. So Andrew, now there's a bit of a drop off, possibly at number four, and I think I kind of 
kind of you tipped your hands, but I was gonna go with it anyway. I'm going with the Mavs. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Luca. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. That's about it. Can it's we just, just like move on to the next team. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. Well, no, because I think there is a thing to be said here. If the I'll just say if the Nuggets had Jamal Murray to to start the how long is Jamal Murray going to be? Is he missing the entire year? Yeah, I think he's probably missing most of the year. Okay, but like it'll be a comeback maybe around playoff time type thing. Not even that might be tight. Like just because of I think what did he injure again? Like his knee, right? I don't know. I need your kinesiology expertise. Yeah, because he tore his ACL and that's typically like a year. And if they want to be safe with it, like that happened. It might depend on where they are and stuff also, but yeah. All right. I'm just saying did, uh, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I don't know if they would push him on that. No, that's fair. I was just saying that were, were the nuggets to have Jamal Murray, I would, take the nuggets i think we've just reached a point where like listen like it's kind of like let's play it in the inverse is chris Stapps porzingis like a good second guy in the nba is their supporting cast anything to write home about you know all this shit fine valid luca like, like <laughs> I think Luca gets you a four seed in the NBA at this point. He's like I think it's kind of like Harden with the Rockets cred, where it's like it doesn't really matter what you put around him. Like he's gonna be really good. Now if he gets, you know, injury, like he can say it about any team though. Like obviously injury right. is a factor. Like if he goes down there in dire straits compared to some of these other teams. Um, and that's why there's a drop-off, I think. Um, but, yeah, like, yeah, I could... I guess he'd probably be a trendy MVP pick for this year, right? Yeah, I think he's the favorite. Is he the uh, favorite? Yeah, I think I he, think that makes sense. I think he was a five, at five to one. I generally yeah. don't like betting on MVP favorites, but, like, I would give him a hard look this year. It just seems like it makes sense that this is maybe the year. Like, especially if... It depends. Like, if the Nets are at the top and everyone kind of expected that, the Bucks are kind of at the top and everyone expected it. Like, maybe there's if the Suns are as good as I think they're going to be, there's like a yeah. But who? Yeah. So I don't know. I like I like it a lot. So is it inconceivable that I mean Durant? I would say would be maybe my other pick, but right? Is it inconceivable that he is like he propels this Mavs team to? top two in the West or, or I would crazy? be sort of surprised. Okay. No, it's not inconceivable, especially given that, like I said, number two was the Suns who like, while they're certainly good, they made the finals or they head and shoulders above the Mavs. No, like could the Lakers just be really injury riddled and drop? No, it's not inconceivable. Is it, does it have a greater than 30% chance of happening? I don't know, but if they're a top two, he's a lock for MVP. Mm. I would say, Hmm. Yeah. Um, can we tr- think of something to talk about with this team that's not Luca? Jason yeah. Kidd's gigantic Jason collar. Kidd. Yeah. T- did you see that picture? No, I didn't. Oh, my God. All right. Everyone look up Jason Kidd collar at home and play along with this. It It is a perfect, it is a perfect picture. <laughs> oh, no. He's in this, like, retro... 
he he looks insane, especially with like how his neck and head fit on the. Is there some Jason? Are you nervous? Can Jason Kidd fuck up Luka Doncic? Is the question. I hope not, because <laughs> like it looks like he's more of a bowling coach than a basketball. <laughs> he coach looks like a bowling point. coach with a bowling ball head. Exactly. Basically. Yeah, I. That's the question. Like Luka and his relationship with Carlisle seemed like towards the end of it, he was like, all right, I'm done with Carlisle. Bring someone else in. And I wonder, not that he would be regretting it because it seemed like he wanted someone else or someone a little bit younger to kind of relate to him. Mm -hmm. But I do wonder if kid is the right direction and we've no, seen I think we can mutually agree on we've no. seen this story play out with the Nets with the Bucks so I'm not exactly sure if this is going to be the best thing for Luca and his um and his growth um pushing for NBA stardom I but I mean this team is fairly similar to last year's team yeah co- you know like it's just like whether or not Luca can basically lift this team and whether or not Jason Kidd's like Jason Kidd's like the only other variable yeah. in this equation. Well, that's I g- you change. don't think Chris Stapp's Porzingis is a bit of a variable or is it at the point where it's like, okay, if he suddenly shows some sort of, it's hard to even say like improvement, like some sort of better ability to fit in with this team, like that would, or are we at the point where it's kind of like, all right, if that happened, cool, but we're not really expecting it. Well, yeah, I think for sure. I mean, that definitely, that definitely expands what they can do, um, playoff time. I think, but I, I don't know. Like they proved last year, like they don't necessarily need him during the regular season. Like it would yeah. be really nice, but yeah, Luca did a lot of the heavy lifting. Yeah. Um, um, two quick things. Yep. Oh, yeah, go ahead. No, Unless no, no. you add. If no, you I was going to transition. Um, yeah, two quick things. One on the kid thing. I think the question is more of just like, has kid learned enough where he won't actively make the team worse, basically? Mm. Like, can he just keep a team treading water, basically? Because that's all you need to do. The second thing is like, really briefly, let's say this year plays out. They're the four seed again. Um, they play Denver in the first round and they lose. Or they win like in seven but get like crushed by Lakers. Bad by the Lakers. What do you do like what do you do? And Luca's like MVP caliber good. Yeah, you gotta retool. Like what do you do? You gotta like you gotta try to retool. It, like, how? Like you just trying to track a really good free agent? Yeah, I don't even know like what you're I mean there's a couple things they could like. I mean, the natural moves probably to trade Kristaps, but like if you're, like if they're the four seed and they kind of like get shellacked in the first or second round, you're assuming that Kristaps somewhat played decently because they got to the four seed. Maybe it was just a bad matchup, and maybe they rationalize it that way, and that and they could still get value out of Kristaps. The the. I think the worst case scenario for them is like Luca improves to that MVP caliber um, level. Kristaps gets hurt again, 
can't like rehab the the trade value that he ends up having, and they still get to like a four seed or a five seed and yeah. lose in the first round. Yeah, because then then at that point they're out of they're out of moves. Yeah, or they're out of options. Yeah, and, and that's where it becomes tough because Luca, you're definitely building around, and then everything else you're just you're like let's see where the chips uh, fall. But yeah, I don't know. I guess you're retooling, and and it's not like Dallas has the best track record of attracting free agents. So, um, we, I, I do think, I do think the the move is like, let's see if we can get anything for Kristaps. Yeah, but that's probably it. All right. So, pick five. Uh, for me. This was a toss up for me, honestly, and I'm not sure if this team. I did not mention this team yet, and I will fall into this trap. Ooh, I'm interested in Golden State Warriors. Okay, interesting. And I am taking the Golden State Warriors at five. Now, this might seem like a stretch and kind of out of left field. Yeah, this is your biggest. It's not crazy. I'll say I had them eighth. Eighth. Okay. Yeah. So, to me, this is like, yes, Clay hopefully comes back. Probably December-ish, right? Like, I think that's probably when he... Maybe that Christmas period or maybe in January when he comes back. Steph was really good last year. Like, pretty otherworldly, where I think other... I think people started having another, like, level of appreciation for for him. My thing is, like, if they can't... Like, they... Sh- to me, like, without... with The Clippers without Kawhi... Denver without Jamal Murray, if it feels like they should be better than both of those teams, even though they haven't proved it. Yeah, with all the guys, all their guys like semi healthy without like precluding in this play. post incredible di- this post dynasty era. Right. So yeah. it's like. My rationale when looking at those three teams in terms of who I had to choose, Kawhi's going to be out for the rest. Like, I don't envision him playing this year. And Denver, with jo- without Jamal Murray in the regular season, he's not going to be there. So, I, to me, I just kind of defaulted to who I think is the best player. Yeah. Although Jokic is, was the MVP sure. last year. So, I mean, he was a, he was a monster last year. I, I do think Golden State has a little bit, like narrative-wise, has a little bit more to prove in terms of trying to come yeah. back from what they were as a dynasty. Yeah, being like, make, y'all forgot about us, basically. Basically. And I think Clay, hopefully he comes back healthy, and we're really hoping for that last year before he ended up tearing that Achilles. I really think he... I think he'll add a couple of things if he's anywhere close to healthy, like a hundred percent, like ninety percent by January. And then I like a lot of their other like ancillary pieces. The I think the interesting scenario slash storyline for this team is how does this team balance current expectations of competing for championships, which Seems outlandish, but if Clay comes back, like they will be in that conversation. 
and also developing guys like number two pick James Wiseman, Jonathan Kaminga, who was a was a lottery pick. Yeah. Moses Moody, another lottery pick. Um, how do they how do they like develop those three guys? Because I do believe it seems like Bob Myers is really intent on developing those three guys along with the core of Steph, Draymond, and Clay, um, so that they can pursue a title. Well, it does seem like, just to answer that question first, last year we got a little bit of a hint of that, um, where it seems like once the once the Warriors were uh, squarely in that play-in contention later on in the season, Wiseman seemed to be skewed for guys like, even though they don't play the same position, but like you saw more guys like Juan Toscano Anderson and like just like NBA player, you know what I mean? Like solid NBA players as opposed to guys like Wiseman. So I think it'll be a similar track where there's like sort of a dance at the beginning, but like depending on which way they're trending, you kind of scale them. But it's kind of like uh, on one of those mixer boards for like, uh, you know, in a studio or whatever, you kind of slide it up or down and the bars go up and down. It's like, you know, we we bring in more Kaminga on those like one those kind of nights where we're in Orlando and up by twenty, and then also like if they end up being more in that play in range, you may see more of them. You know, God forbid Steph or Clay go down or something like that. Put a pin in that. That's kind of one of the reasons I didn't. I'm not as high on them as you are. Um, so so I think that'll kind of be how they handle it. But you're right, it is interesting to. Um, so so, no. does this surprise you that Golden State... Now, I looked up their championship odds. Yeah. Does this surprise you that they're the fourth most favored team at plus 1,200? Yeah, that is really surprising. So, they got Brooklyn, LA, the Lakers, and the Bucks ahead of them. They're fourth. Utah fifth. Wait, Brooklyn, LA, who in the Bucks? Brooklyn, LA, the Lakers... Bucks and then the Warriors fourth. Then it's Utah, Phoenix, the Clippers, 76ers, Nuggets. Yeah, I disagree. I don't think they should be over the Lakers or even probably the Jazz. No, no, they're they're behind the Lakers. Um not Lakers. I meant to say the Suns. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So And who knows? We could be possibly playing this. Like if they win the championship, I'm going to look horrifically wrong obviously but but that also is interesting i'm interested in seeing what keep keep talking no no i i was surprised by the, how high their odds were because i thought for me like i was like ooh, i'm gonna choose i'm gonna put like a long shot bet yeah where, where they're gonna be like the this is like from a sports odds. book just out of curiosity this is at on um, fan fan duel but yeah because no, i'm interested yeah. in the 538 model has Win finals in this order: Bucks, Clippers, and then wow, it actually has the Nets like basically at the same as the Sixers, Suns, and Jazz. Like it has the Warriors as like eighth. No, it has them as like even lower. Like wow. it has them projected to go thirty-seven and forty-five. So that like goes ha- shows how much of a despair. I think it shows that this is a very variable team in terms of sort of the expectations. Right. And I think a lot of that centers on health and, and things of that nature. Right. Ideas of concerning that as well. And like... Wow, that's really interesting. No, it, it is interesting because I think 
Now, I, th- I think this pushes narrative things into really interesting terri- territory. Like, two-time MVP Steph Curry. If someone, if LeBron went 37 and 45, per, like, let's, for, for example, say they, LeBron goes 37 and 45, does LeBron, LeBron would catch a lot of flack. Whereas someone like Steph Curry, who's a two-time MVP, 37-45, a lot of people see him as a top three point guard ever, maybe the best point guard ever in the NBA. Like, does he not get flack for like mm. for for like not being able to propel his? He team? never had a. Did LeBron ever have a roster as depleted as those that he had once Clay got injured? Well, because mm. the person we're talking around, and one of the reasons I'm not as high on them as you are is Draymond. I think Draymond's right. close to washed, mm. and I think people underrate his role in those dominant Warriors teams. And like, if we're to believe that they're going to, you know, if they're we're to believe that they're going to sort of go back to anything close to that level of c- fluency. Um, it required his screen setting, his defense, like his ability to switch. And his defense may be the thing that holds up, but that, not athleticism, but that weird sort of offensive spark plugginess, it doesn't seem like he's exhibited. I, like, and maybe I haven't watched enough of them, and I'd, I'd love to be proven wrong because Draymond, uh, Draymond Green. Draymond Breen is what happens when <laughs> Mike Breen and Draymond Green get fused. Um, but, like, during that 2016 run, their yeah. first run without, you know, bef- with the with Harrison Barnes yeah. without KD, I mean, he shot it well. Yeah. Like, he shot it 38% from three. 38.8% from three, taking three threes a game. So, like... Him shooting close to 40% from three, that changes. Like, you needed that Draymond Green to continue to progress, to be able to talk about him in the way that maybe we once wished he would have, like, the the heights that he wished, like, that he would have reached offensively. If he was able to maintain that, then that's, like, a special dynamic player that's... Maybe his value of paying him the max or whatever, that's worth it. But like as what what he's averaging now with like limited offensively scoring wise and not being able to space the floor, shooting twenty seven percent from three, like that has changed a lot of things in terms of how teams guard him and the him and Curry pick and roll off. Yes. Exactly. I'm kind of thinking of that pick and roll specifically. Those weird plays where he would kind of get it and toss it back to him like a halfback. The other thing to bring up, I feel like we've spent probably almost a little bit too much time on them. But I think it is good because it's a fun place where we're deviating slightly. Like, in order, you're basically predicting them to be the five seed by taking that. Right. By taking the mirror. What is the max amount of game? Like, how many games... Let's assume Clay comes back in December, which gives him what? Like, how many games does he miss then? 25 or something? Yeah. So, 82 minus 25, 57. Yeah. 82 for Curry. 
Um, like, how many games do both of those guys need to play in order for them to be the five seed? I think Clay needs to play at least 50. Okay. Do you think that's going to happen, though? Like, that's can w- the, that's isn't the that risk. a big, a quite a large assumption to make, given that, like, and not literally knocking on wood so far, so hard. Like, I'm not, I want Clay Thompson to stay healthy, but, like, it is a risk. Is, uh, can we really write both of those things off as a fluke? It, I the would, Achilles and the ACL. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's a worrisome thing. I know they're thing. not connected or yeah, anything. Yeah. It's but like a worrisome thing, especially for a shooter. But I think my rationale behind that is that's 50 more games or however many more games than Clippers and Denver are going to be at full Sure, strength. fair. So that that was my rationale. Completely it could, fair. It could be flawed. Completely I th- fair. I think, uh, so Completely I think fair. people can poke holes in that. And I'm assuming you're going to go in the direction that I think you're going to go in with the next pick. I'm going with Denver. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So there we can kind of parse it out there and talk about what Denver is like. But that was just my rationale for choosing Golden State before Denver. No, but and I it's, think a, it's a pretty sound one, honestly. I, I found myself being fairly compelled, by, even though I, I don't think I'm all the way there. I, I definitely understand where you're coming from. I think my thing with Denver is just more of, I do believe that even without Murray, that there's a consistency they've established over the years. Um, that will kind of rule the day, especially with Nikola Jokic, a guy who also stays incredibly healthy despite being a large Serbian man. Um, you know, like, and I believe that's going to kind of continue to roll on. And I'm, ooh, am I an MPJ believer? I don't, wow, Kevin's raising it. He, Kevin's really excited. Kevin, I feel like you're kind of the MPJ guy at this table. I kind of like him. Yeah, now I like him too. Believe me, I watched him, actually, that I may watch him have some major head case games against the Blazers, and I also watched him make some incredible shots and have some yep. incredible hot streaks. I think he's going to be, like, is he going to ascend to, like, an all-star level, blah, blah, blah? I don't particularly think so, but I think he's going to be able to manage the load. And I think at the end of the day, most of the most of the I'm not trying to minimize Murray completely. Like he had a great year last year up until up until his injury. Um, I just have like I just have a feeling in me that they're going to kind of be able to kind of be able to keep keep the ship afloat and. Porter Jr. is is going to be able to contribute to that. Also, like maybe I'm overrating. Like um, maybe it's kind of a what's it? it's like whatever that version of how Doc Rivers used to sign guys who played well against the Celtics in the playoffs. <laughs> yep. Like I find that like watching them that construction of the team. Um, they were good play against the Blazers. Like Compazzo, I think is fu- like fu- like he's pretty good. Like, uh, you know, Monte, Morris, Monte Morris, like playing very well, like even a guy like um, Austin Rivers. Yeah. Like like that. Like, I think they'll be able to kind of figure it out night to night and and string all that stuff together. Um, obviously, the loss of Murray makes them very thin. Like Michael Porter Jr. isn't doesn't have the most sterling health record in the world by any means. And if he goes down, then you're kind of asking you're asking Jokic to really do it do it all but i you know he was the mvp last year like i have to believe that he's capable of 
keeping a team like this afloat in that four or five range. Now, we didn't mention Aaron Gordon at all. And no, I didn't. Up, I yeah. constantly forget he's on the Nuggets. I yeah. forgot multiple times he was on the Nuggets during the Blazer series. Yeah, and and does that say anything about Aaron Gordon? That yeah, it says he's okay. <laughs> and he signed the fairly large extension, which was to be expected because yeah. they traded well, for Well, all right, let me spin my forgetfulness of Aaron Gordon into, uh, like... You know, he has been... Maybe the fact that we forgot him spoke more to the strength of that Nuggets team p- prior to Murray going down mm. as opposed to Gordon being um, actually not a part- a good player. Like, he showed in Orlando his ability to be, like, a kind of number two, three more complementary piece. So maybe he can take over a little bit more of that scoring load from night to night or, you know, have the ball in his hands a little bit more like he's shown a tendency to do. Like, he doesn't really have to... He doesn't really have to do it as much. He was kind of more of a luxury because Jokic is really good with the ball in his hands and kind of playing a big... a point big role. Um, Yeah, I don't know. So that was my attempt to make up for it. Now, say why Gordon... It's it isn't to be believed. I mean, he's a fourth option. Yeah. He's going to be the fourth option on offense. Yeah. Like, well, and they'll probably ask him to do a little bit more on offense now. Who's the third option then? Um, uh, I would say Will Barton probably mm. is offensively for mm. them. But yeah, that's like, that may be true. Just because, like, on the outside, they probably need something, um, like for one of their guards to handle it. But not that Jokic isn't going to be the primary ball handler, but it's, I, th- I think th- there's something to be said about needing some type of guard to handle it fairly decently, and Barton maybe does that. And I, d- I don't know, Gordon, like, he, to me, he's one of those players they're excited to get, and then hopefully Murray comes back and we'll see where this team goes. But if Murray was on this, like, team this year, I think I would have chosen them number one for the wow for for the regular season. Interesting. So you th- would you have taken Murray? Would you did you have the the Nuggets after the Warriors though? Um, in terms of if, if like Mur- just your overall ranking? No, right now as it stands today. Oh yeah. So you do do you think though that the loss of Murray brings them from one down to six? Now I I do think it's a little crazy for people to think that, but I just think in the regular season it's like one of those things where once you lose one guy, and especially a prominent guy like Murray, who like Jokic can kind of take some time off then if Murray's healthy, like other guys can take time off or be a little bit more off where now they're just threading the needle a little bit more where every single guy has to be more on if that makes sense for this team to perform so no, that makes sense that's kind of my thinking on that but yeah I really like I, w- I, I just like how everything fit once Murray take took that lead completely fair goal. completely fair all right so I'm on to this next pick and it it seems fairly obvious and i'm i'm going to take them but i'm and 
and I was really contemplating your team, but I, you um, went with the Clippers. Yeah, I went with. I would have got. I would have taken the Clippers here as well. I'm going Clippers. Their win total forty five and a half is the over under. I. It's like life without Kawhi. What is it like? Are we just returning back to PG thirteen years in like back in Indiana and like what that team looked like and like like he was like. For a little bit, he was a legit MVP candidate with that. Wasn't he like a top three MVP guy? Yeah. For a little bit. And now we're not exactly sure what this team is really without Kawhi. And I don't think Kawhi comes back and plays in the regular season. No, I don't think so either. There there was just so many question marks about his knee injury um, and – was he coming back? Is it partially torn, but he's still going to try to give it a go? Um, this team is like, like, I'm not, I'm not in love with Eric Bledsoe. Like he's been passed around. Like I, I, I was trying to think of a clever, I mean, there, the, I don't think we're coming up with any family friendly, exactly, uh, analogies. He was, he's been, he's been passed around like to many different teams over the past three years or so. And te- like, Nick Batum, Terrence Mann, Luke Kennard. Like, Justice Winslow, he's been off, like, always injured. What are you getting from Serge Ibaka? There's just a lot of question marks on this team Hmm. that have me all kind of, like, doing this emoji where I'm like, I don't... He's shrugging for the viewer. Right, right. Where I just just don't even know what to expect from this team. Yeah. And... Paul George has to return to that. I'm taking over. I'm literally doing everything for this team. And I'm curious to see if he can return to that role. Well, I think the argument uh, in favor is just like they looked pretty good in the playoff games after after Kawhi got hurt, you know. Um, And I think that's kind of the model that was in my head with having them in the same spot kind of. Um, that like, you know, that I, I understand what you're saying, like about those other guys, especially like a guy like man, it, it'll be, it remains to be seen whether his kind of hot playoff moment was an aberration or, or possibly, uh, the beginning contributions of a real NBA starter. Um, but I still think all those names, it's, I understand your point in kind of rattling them off and shrugging, but but I still think that it did having Kawhi Leonard, who wasn't going to play, who was only going to play 75% of games, I feel like if Kawhi Leonard's on the team, we're reading those names off and being like, look how wow. deep they yeah. are. You know what I mean? So I don't think it's like too, too bad. Um and I don't know. It's it's really fascinating. I think the key to the season is really mentality to some extent. Is this a team that's going to come out and say, like, and I hate ta- saying stuff like this normally, but is this a team that's going to come out and go, like, listen, our dude went down, but, like, we want to be, you know what I mean? Like, those Clippers days of yore, like, we want to be here. We still want to be in the mix. We believe we are capable of being in the mix. They're always going to be a buyout guy destination. They're always going to be a trade dumping ground, you know, for some, you know, good role play. You know, guys like Marcus Morris who are now on the team. But, you know, um, 
yeah. wanted to make sure he's still on the no, team. He I is, got scared. He is. Yeah. Um, you know, like, are they going to, you know, like, but is there thought that, or, or is there thought like, uh, Kawhi's gone, like, we'll see what happens. At that point, they're, play, they're playing fodder. But yeah, I don't know. Like, why them over the Blazers? Why them over Memphis? Y- Memphis. I, I don't quite know. Like, it's kind of an interesting thought experiment. I think it's just the pedigree, honestly, and you have to give some... some. Although, do the Clippers really have that much <laughs> pedigree? I don't know. Yeah, it's... you As, as the shot of Colt, uh, Paul George banging it off the bat side of the backboard yeah, rings that in my head. was not. But... Yeah. I don't know. I I just sort of have a belief that the institutional knowledge they've accrued over the years, combined with a belief that Paul George can be, I don't think he'll be a top five MVP guy, but I think he can be a all NBA second teamer. Yeah. At his height. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, so um, him, Reggie Jackson, like I, it, it is an interesting team. I don't hate this pick, like where I'm getting them. Yeah, but, exactly. But it's like, yeah, they do have a place. Exactly. Like, Your opportunities function. to boom uh, higher than where they're at right now. All right, so I've kind of set the stage yeah. up for you. And we um, did, we did talk about the Blazers a lot on did. our last, on our last on our last pod. So I'm willing to get more in the nitty gritty. Let's get here. into the nitty gritty because you know, we th- like, I'm assuming you're take, taking, yes, I'm taking, no, it'd be weird yeah. if I was like, I'm getting into the nitty gritty and then the Memphis Grizzlies, baby. The yeah, well, who are in the grind? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. But yeah, Dame, I'm taking the Blazers. Like, the Dame story has kind of quieted down. Yes. Yeah. Like a lot. Significantly yes. to the point yeah. where I don't think there's any anything around that. If you No, like no. I mean if you listen to oop, if you listen to any podcasts like when they're talking about guys who may become available, they're like, Well, if a guy if you know Dame, that situation deteriorates. Like it seems fairly solid at this you know what I mean? It seems like I think people occasionally forget about that blazer it's hard to say culture is is such an overused word in the NBA sometimes and but he has always kept a very steady hand at that ship and it just like all of the things that he and Mc, especially McCollum is a great person to fo- if you're a blaze interested in the Blazers he's just a great person to follow on Twitter and kind of like he's a very or what, listen to his quotes and stuff he's a pretty candid guy he's an incredibly smart guy and he seems to kind of be a little bit more outward facing. Lillard can occasionally be a little bit of kind of a fortress. And just like looking at his, like it seems like they're kind of back and acting like it's old times. You mm. know what I mean? It doesn't seem like anything has really changed. Now, of course, the question remains of like if shit starts to go south, which and the Blazers have certainly had over the years. They've had their great runs where they tear off, you know, a bunch of wins and they have their times where like you lose to you know orlando i'm now using orlando it's just it's not fair you use the you lose to the Cavs on the road and then you lose to you know whoever else at home then you lose to sacramento at home and you're like well this team sucks we need to blow it up you know it remains to be seen whether those stretches cause the noise to get louder but i'm proceeding this year as if there's basically 
a 10% chance that Damian Lillard gets traded during the season. Yeah, I don't think he gets traded. Yeah. I, I've, I've so, been so, so setting all that aside, like, what are the things that have changed here? Um, you have... Uh, Cody new- Zeller. Yes, well, Cody Zeller. Yes, thank <laughs> you. Thank you. You sound like a real Blazer fan, right? Cody Zeller got hurt almost immediately, <laughs> I hate to tell you. Um, but um, he'll be back. Um, obviously, Chauncey Billups at at um, coach. A thing you may not be aware of that's interesting, his big change has been he's going to change Portland's defensive coverage on pick and rolls. Terry Stotts had this famed drop defense uh, where basically, like, when you guard a pick and roll, the big is always sinking back. You know, it's the most conservative pick and roll coverage you can have. He's instituting, they're going to play at the level, which means a guy like you, if, you know, uh, Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook are running a pick and roll, Damian Lillard and Yusuf Nurkic is going to step up and help on that that pick and roll. Um, Personnel-wise, how do you feel? I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. I think it's worth trying. Is there a chance it gets abandoned within the first 20 games? Yes. By all accounts, it is not looking great in the preseason. And the question to me is really about Nurkic. Is he a guy who can step up and move? Like, he's shown an ability to move his feet and kind of be good in that sort of... He's more of a rim... uh, No. He's more of a rim protector, to be honest. He's a finesse big, but he's not quite an athletic big. So I don't really... I don't really know about all that like I I I'm I'm that I don't see it as like a lifesaver by any perspective. But on the other hand, I do like some of the marginal additions, sort of the Larry Nance pickup. I really I think Ben ba- Ben McLemore has proven himself to be like a pretty decent NBA player. Like honestly, is he like that much like a guy like Derek Jones Jr., I know they play different positions, but I think at this point, Macklemore's probably shown more ability to contribute on an NBA team. Like, at least he can hit a corner three. You know, your Zellers of the world and stuff like that. And I think it, there is something to be said with, like, Covington took some time to integrate early yeah. on last season, but by, rim check dunk it in that Nuggets game aside that will haunt my nightmares forever. Me too as a pseudo Blazers. Thank you, bud. But, like, I, I think there is something to be said for, like, the possibility that Covington is going to feel more... Co- especially pa- and Powell, who was incredible in the playoffs. Um, um, I think there is something to be said of those guys. Ha- these Blazer teams have tended to over accrue institutional knowledge over the years and get better. They kind of have a peak of like start good, get bad, and then like get good and then start to stagnate again. And I wonder if there is sort of a, a kind of year two of the Blazer 3.0 that helps out a little bit. I'm starting to ramble now. Um, I will stop the rambling. Stop the now. rambling, yeah, and, and give w- me something. I'll ask a couple questions. Yes, like, do that. Kind of answer. I think that's good. Larry Nance Jr., do you think that small ball five, he can play that where he can play up on the coverage with the, the pick and roll, and that's a possibility? Of course. I mean, some people have said, like, Zeller might actually. I, I don't think it would happen, exactly. but that Zeller might, if they're planning to really play that coverage, Zeller is arguably a better fit for it than Nurkic is. 
Right. So that's one one question that I had. The other question I had is like, where are the rooms of improvement on this team that can conceivably bring this team to maybe another new level, or is it just like the reshuffling of the deck and of the of the ancillary pieces that they're hoping one of these guys really sticks. Well, listen, it's mostly defense, unfortunately, because their offense is a top-five offense and has basically been with Lillard at the helm. So that I think you say defense and you say Nurkic, basically. I think that's it. Or a trade. Like, I think those are your three options, basically. Are any of those particularly attractive? Like, do I think any of those things are going to happen? I don't know. Trade might be number one in the at this point. Attractive-wise. Yeah. Okay. But, like, I think the other thing, though, is, like, even if there isn't a tremendous improvement, there's still, like, a six seed there fairly easily in my book, which I think people are kind of forgetting about. No, um, I agree. A lot of people have them slotted in that playoff... Um, play-in game. Playoff play-in game, and I think it lacks the... I think it assumes that the Blazers, there's enough of a sample size at this point that the Blazers have had multiple playoff failures and multiple playoff successes, and they basically go back to that same three to six, four to six window every time for better or for worse. So until I see otherwise, I'm always going to believe in at least that floor. Agreed. So their number six, Nasir Little, anything from him? Uh, apparently he is this year's designated and Jason Quick, who is the, uh, he is writes for the athletic for the Blazers. He used to write for the Oregonian. He would write a story every year about how Myers Leonard's in the best shape of his life. And like, <laughs> this is the year that Myers Leonard breaks out. I think this year little has taken over that spot. So I, I have like, I have high hopes like and especially that bench unit, like the Blazers being have basically almost never been deep, even when we thought they were deep in the years I've watched. But like a bench unit of Simons, Little, Zeller, Nance, and then who would the other guy basically Macklemore. be? Macklemore. Like I like that. I like that. Si- I should have mentioned Simons as a path for an improvement. Also, like not to say that he. Not to say that I'm also interested if they Dennis Smith Jr. ends up on this on this team as well. Because I think Simons actually might be more naturally suited to the two. But if Simons proves himself to be truly capable of running a second unit by himself, that would also be helpful because those bench units, especially like the unfortunately the mellow anchored bench units started to really suffer down the stretch as the season went on. Yeah. Um, it's like, I think for Simons, it's like if he, if he has a vision of a guy he would want to replicate is what Jordan Clarkson's been for Utah mm. in that run the second unit, come in, score a bunch of points. Yeah. If he can. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I, that's actually a great, a great comparison that I never thought of. So I think, that's pretty much it f- that I had questions wise for for no uh, I think Portland. I think it's fine to leave it there because we've done so we've talked so much about Lillard and we'll talk about them so much as as things go on I'm trying to think if there's there's sort of anything else to be said there now I think we're good so I think there's a clear seventh team here for me um, I'm taking the Memphis Grizzlies here. I think we're at nine now are we at nine yeah wow one two three four five six seven eight nine yes you're wow. taking memphis right i am taking memphis ninth 
Um, yeah, I think they're a clear ninth team. Um, now, like, there's other teams there, Pel- the Pelicans that, you know, Zion, it's confirmed he's not playing opening day. So Yeah, I was going to get into that in the Pels discussion. Right, yeah. right. So, but Memphis, Jaw is really good. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, I think a lot of people, because they play in Memphis and they're not on the national scene as much, don't realize how good John Morant is. And and I'm expecting him to really take the Donovan Mitchell-esque leap that he did last year, what John Morant hopefully does this year. Yeah. Where he's, like, averaging 23 or so a game and, like, you know, still putting up eight assists or so. And... The, like, the thing for me is the the guy that needs to really see if they have anything I- in him is uh, Triple J. Yeah. And that is, like, he's shown glimpses of, like... How many games do you think he played last year? I'm going to look... I'm, I, I'm going to look it up. You keep talking. Do you have a guess, though? I don't know. 40? Okay. Half the season? Okay. Uh, I'll look I don't it up. even keep know, talking. Though. Keep talking. I'll, but I'll, yeah, I'll Jaren, look it up. But Jaron Jackson Jr., he's the guy that I think could really change the trajectory of this team and maybe take a Atlanta Hawks like leap if this team gets all their players right. They have some interesting guys like Brandon Clark was really good. Um they ended up adding Steven Adams this offseason. Um, I'm not sure what that does spacing-wise for them, but I think it kind of works just because defensively it'll work for them, and uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. can really stretch out from from the three-point line, so that's not inconceivable at all. Jaron Jackson played 11 games last year. Yeah, so like he <laughs> needs to really come yeah. and step in and hopefully you know, get healthy. But I feel like there's a lot of interesting pieces, like... DeAnthony Melton yes. was a player for them. Dylan Brooks, who's I, I think he's out for, for now, Oops. but he is a guy um, that was arguably their second best player last year uh, behind John Morant. So I don't know. Th- this team like has consistently proven that yeah. they're like around the eighth sure. team with Jaw on this team, which is like yeah. fairly impressive for a uh, first, second year, uh, what is it, a second year guy. That was well, he's going into his yeah, third, third year, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, but like a second-year guy last year uh, leading them to like where they were. Certainly. At. Yeah. So you just wonder where the ceiling is for them uh, to some extent, right. I think. Yeah. Uh, I guess it requires, like you said, Jackson to really take a step up and for Jaw to continue to ascend. Like if Jaw is kind of in like all-NBA territory this year or something like that, that would be pretty fascinating. I'm getting like, like if, if they do get a little bit better, I'm getting like Atlanta Hawks West mm. from them. Just like not that they have like the pieces that I love in comparison to Atlanta because I think Atlanta's team just made more sense and fit better, but I think that's a possibility. Yeah. But the West is like I think a little bit more compact and more compressed that that'll make it a little harder for them, but I wouldn't be surprised from a, for a, by a mini leap at agreed. all, and I I don't really love the teams behind them. That no, agreed. Were I I agree that they start to get way less and less attractive. 
Um, with that, can we move on? Go are ahead. we good? Are we are we going into two minute? Should we go into two minute? I think we go into two minute drill. At, I think let's try and keep it fairly short. I'm t- keeping an eye on the eleven thirty five path train now. So, I, but like let's. We don't have to keep it to two minutes until we get past the Kings, but okay. I'll, we'll, we'll try and keep it somewhat Got concise. It. Um, I'm taking the Pelicans next. Um, I'm officially worried about Zion. Worried? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, like worried. I'm worried about the overall long-term health of him as a basketball player. He's going to be missing two weeks to start the season. Have you seen that picture? I, If you're interested in this, there's a picture of him on media day, his rookie year, and him on media day now. Hold on, I'm going to find it and show it to you. The um, side-by-side comparison. Yeah, like if you go to Twitter and just search Zion media day, it'll probably pop up. Um, while you look for that, if you can't find it, I'll pull it out. He's gotten fatter. He's, big. he's a big boy. He's And I'm scared that he's not going to be able to play enough games to to really... Uh, like, I'm, I'm afraid that he's going to be missing 40 games every year in perpetuity. I know he didn't last... He actually kept fairly healthy last year, and that would be the argument against me, but I'm but I'm kind of worried. Setting that aside, because I do want to keep things fairly concise, it's just like the Pelicans, it's like they tried to pull a Hawks, and they just didn't... Di- they kind of failed, is kind of how it strikes me. They have Devontae Graham on the team now, who should be an improvement over Bledsoe, for sure, but you've lost ball... You're relying on guys like Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who I like, but it's just like... Not in that role. Not, yeah, and like also where's the defense coming from? Like the theory of this team just does not make a lot of sense to me. And it's uh, obviously, and it's kind of, I feel like though when you're saying this over the years now, doing this for four years, when you do the like if blah, blah, blah can make a leap, it doesn't generally, generally work, work out. Yeah. Like sometimes, it, so for this, it's like if Brandon Ingram can take a leap, you know, like if he can show, de- and him and Zion can show defensive engagement, like I, I'm just not ready to believe that yet. So I think they're in this lower playoff, um, this Race. lower playoff yeah. band as it stands. Now, why did I put them over the Kings is a good question. Um, I think that just the talent of Zion and, and B.I., is keeping me afloat in that respect, and I don't see them going completely tits up, as my brother would say. Like, like mm-hmm. maybe Sacramento has the ability to do, but um, Jonas, yeah, Jonas, watch. I mean, is Jonas? What is the difference between literally, as someone who loves, like, really does like the NBA? What is the difference between Jonas Valanciunas and Stephen Adams? Jonas Valanciunas shoots one three a game or something like that, and all of a sudden he's a floor spacer or something. Yeah, I. I can't give you an articulable <laughs> yeah. like response to that yeah, other than fair. maybe he scores more and that like Adams is seen reputation wise as more defensive. But yeah. other than that, I don't really know. And maybe I think it was a contract thing as well. Like I think there was money involved that Yeah, was, no, of course. That was definitely a possibility. But yeah, I, I think your assertion on Zion, that's like Somewhat worrying. He did play 61 games, which I was kind of surprised. Yeah, that's about. what I was saying. He did. It's not completely fair to to make this point, given that, but it's not a good sign at the very least. 
Yeah. And Stan Van Gundy wasn't the right coach for this no. last year. Who was the coach of the New Orleans Pelicans? Oh, I can't tell you. I don't remember either. Oh, Willie wow. Green, Willie actually. Green. Yes, yeah. Willie Green. I, I just remembered. Philadelphia 76er. There you William, go. William. A lot of a lot of new uh, a lot of new coaches. Yes. So, I got the next pick. I think I might be going. Are you going Spurs? No. Oh. I can't go Spurs. They they don't have the roster. T-Wolves? I'm going T-Wolves. Okay. I think th- I I think the reason why I'm going T-Wolves is like they need a win, and I know I know Sacramento needs to win, but like the T Wolves have more talent to me than than Sacramento does. Like if Cat is supposed to be like one of the top what three centers in the league, yeah. Like in terms of all NBA, like should be shooting for that. Like shouldn't he be able to take this team to like? Play in game yeah. area. Yeah, he like, should. And like it would make me think I would take I'd rather take them over Sacramento. I like obviously the argument is like, oh, Fox is like improving. Yeah, and I think Sacramento is equally desperate from a franchise standpoint. standpoint. Obviously, I understand Cat's more of a generational talent, and the idea of losing Cat, you should be mu- trying much harder not to lose Cat as opposed to lose Fox. Yep. So I I do see that being kind of my argument there, and like Anthony Edwards, like he, like if you watch any of his like I don't know like I've watched interviews like interviews and things like that, he's a funny engaging guy, and I it, he sounds like really interesting, and like trade watch for Ben Simmons potential. Sure, uh, there's a lot of like and trade talk. Any like, chance things go south this year and. What does it take for Cat to end up on the block? Because he's a guy you've kind of mentioned in the past as like yeah. that sort of superstar, sleeping giant superstar who could one day up and out, up and all ask out. I, I I don't see anything during the season. If yeah, that's the question. I, I I think if I think if anything, if it goes like if they go what thirty five and forty seven this year, he's asking f- out in the off season. Mm. Um, but yeah, during the season, I think. They're really going to try to win with this team. Um, and, like, I don't know what you can say about D'Angelo Russell. Um, I, like, this team you hasn't... Know, yeah. Yeah, it just hasn't been together no. and played together to see... You. But the Russell-Edwards fit is just like... Eh, yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Doesn't... Not at all. And not really inspiring stuff. No, definitely not. So that's, that's like, one of the... One of the concerns for me. All right. I think we can go into... We're going into speed round mode. Yeah. So I'll start the clock. Oh, in case anyone li- hadn't listened, we decided during our East playoff preview that the last four teams, we'd just go on a two-minute speed round for each team. So we're going to do that right now. I'm starting the clock. I'm going with the 12th pick with the Sacramento Kings. Um, I kind of I had them above the T-Wolves, and I just felt similar I guess I'm still clinging on to that year where they pushed for the eighth seed and kind of showed some stuff and I'm like where is that team like what happened to that team um it seemed like Fox has kind of not stagnated because that would imply I guess that he's like bad or something but he's kind of settled back into a he's kind of just settled into this like all right he's like a 
top tier at that bottom of that top tier point guard, you know, what have you. A guy like Halliburton, who you loved coming out I of the draft, it. and I Still have to him. give you props. You know, what's his sort of growth and development look like? Does his growth and development push them into becoming a play-in team? Probably not, but I still think they have a kind of baseline of talent that the teams below them don't have. And I guess I'm more... Cons- the the Timberwolves have had more of an air of dysfunction than the Kings have, weirdly, in the past three years, which led me to take them over, it is over weird the T-Wolves. But yeah. I'm trying to think, is there any guy outside of the Fox Hal? Bagley, could you give me? We got about thirty. You want to give me fifteen seconds on Bagley? They made a mistake. Yeah, thank (laughs) you. I don't. (laughs) The look on Kevin's face when he said that was Uh, very funny. That's tough. Um, But yeah, Buddy Heald. Like what? They like they were in talks to like. He was getting traded to the Lakers. Lakers, Yeah, yeah. Before before the Westbrook thing happened. Exactly. So So, uh, I don't know. What about a guy like? Barnes, like it's crazy because those guys have been on the team now for so long, yeah. That it's like, what, what do they, how do, what does a change even look like? But I don't yeah. know. I, I don't really know. Dav, uh, Davion Mitchell, sure, brother of, um, sure, yeah, sure. He like he maybe be could be able to show something defensively, yeah. That this team kind of is missing. Yeah, but a good point. Very good point. In year one, it's pretty hard to contribute defensively as a guard, though, but that, we shall see. That is fair. All right, go ahead. All right. I'm going with the tr- uh, the the trusty Spurs. Spurs. Hey, man, I think I I think the Spurs could end up being the Knicks of last year. Ooh. Not that I think they'd be a fourth Ooh. seed or something, but I'm a little surprised that they're getting put... Th- they're getting this, this written off. It's not like they've shipped off guys like um, like Derek White and um, DeJounte, DeJounte Murray. Murray. You know, like, we really don't think Pop is going to have this team ready to play and, like, o- overachieving. It's a little bit odd to me. Keldon Johnson, Olympic sure. experience. Sure. <laughs> I don't know how much. Sure. Mean. But, yeah, like, I I really feel like what can they get out of Murray, White, Johnson, Devin Vassell. Like, it's a young, decent-ish core that maybe can do something. And Pop, I think... It, it is... Isn't this, like, an interest... Like, for Pop's legacy, isn't this, like, a really interesting phase of his coaching career? Oh, yeah, of course. Like, it's a boring-ish yeah. roster. Yeah. No star players. Basically, it's weird that he hasn't retired yet. Right. Yeah. Like... He must really love basketball. <laughs> I think he just likes like, basketball, man. Like, loves basketball, loves getting paid to coach it. But it's just kind of like, yeah, like, why is Pop, like, Pop coaching this team? And I think that's a far more interesting question. Yeah, no, it is. Um, and I think that may bear out in develop. the performance of this team this year. Yeah. But, so, you know, we'll see. Like, what, what, oh, also shout out to former Blazer Zach Collins. If yep. he can get, if he can get him to, uh, Ship shape like, like a Jakob Pertle kind of play the big like, he really is a miracle worker. Yeah, I mean it's just like Pop is already the greatest. So yes. Yep. If you can turn Zach Collins's injury uh, troubles into something, that would be pretty much. God's All right. Work. Is it possible that we can try and do the Rockets and the Thunder in two total minutes? Okay, let's do it. So I'm taking the Rockets. Okay. Um, 
Green. Jalen Green. Jalen Green. I would. Jalen Green is my rookie of the year pick. I'm just going to actually say that now. I just think he's going to score a shit ton of points on the Rockets, and that is why. Like, I'm not saying he'll be better than Cade Cunningham, but I think it's possible he puts up better raw numbers than Cade Cunningham. Fair, and that's what they kind of look for. Yeah. Rookie of the I, year. I don't know why that just came to me off the dome, but. And, and it, yeah. it is weird to see this Rockets team that was like yeah. clawing for playoff, like literally clawing for like finals, especially yeah. with Harden, it, and now it, they're transitioning. It, 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 the teardown happens fairly quickly. Um, but yeah, and the reason they're above OKC is they do still have some, uh, Christian Wood, like they still do have some remnants, obviously John Wall. Zach Lowe was doing a John Wall to the Clippers thing today, which was interesting. Like if the Clippers were looking to get somewhat better in the, in the Kyrie, in the post, in the kind of Kawhi year, could he be an option? But yeah, anyway, they have some a baseline level of talent that puts them above OKC, who is going to be possibly starting like Aaron Wiggins or something. Yeah, the green the green Kevin Porter Jr. backcourt yeah. is like tangible. But like they're going to be a bad team. Like there's no way they make the playoffs. Oh so. yeah, no, th- we're not talking playoff car- uh, no. territory with these teams. And OKC. Yeah. My guy Lou Dort. Yeah. And Shout Jay. out to Lou Dort. Yeah, I like him. He's Shout good. out to Lou Dort. Shout out to Shea Gilgis Alexander. I love Shea, 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 Shea Gilgis Alexander, I, a player I love. You're trapped. I'm sorry, bud. You're probably getting shut down after 60 games. Like, it just is what it is. Yeah, See you next it's year. Like we're, hol- like, we're holding on him. Yeah. It's like, this team was so fun to watch with the Chris Paul, like, era when he was here and he ended up like driving this team like to game seven of that what who were they against houston yes yes yeah against that houston first round that was just such a fun but literally after sga and lou dort it's like their roster literally has no one it's crazy uh darius basley trey man um Josh Giddy. Yes, let's see what happens. I'm excited to see if Giddy can show some stuff. Giddy was kind of the universal, like, your average NBA, like, really didn't look at anything pre-draft as, like, that guy and, like, laughing about it. I, I Hopefully he shows something. Giddy for Giddy. All right, so we have made our picks. Andrew, quick finals yes. picks, and then we're oh, out okay. of here. Um... The Bucks repeat as champions over the Lakers in six. Okay. I have to go Nets against the Lakers in seven. Nets over the Lakers in seven? Yep. All right. Sounds Fair good. Fair enough. All right, Andrew, thank you again for taking on this this monumental task. This was fun, though. Thank you. We Good. recorded our podcast back-to-back. Thanks for having me over, man. Uh, fun, to, Always fun to hash out the NBA with you. I hope we can do it a little bit more this year. And a great thought exercise. Of course. Always. Thanks a lot, Andrew. And, um, yeah, as always, thanks again for listening, guys, and always tune in um, on your podcast feeds for Kevin and the Wu-Tang Clan. Thanks again. Bye.